0: And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.
2: Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward, and you are tuned into the flagship show available each week on video and audio. And joining me tonight, two gentlemen who always know their position on the podcast. They know where to be, no ill discipline, they know exactly where to stand Craig Fimbo. Joe Fairs, hey, guess what, guys? Can you guess that I made that intro up on the spot? How about that, um, Craig? Let's start with you. Given you're at the top, how are you?
3: All good, thank you very much. Yeah, had a lovely day today. Nice and sunny, wasn't it today? So uh, went to watch me boy play football and get kicked in the head and oh, your really? position get yellow. Yeah, under fourteen, mate. Yellow card brandished in an under fourteen game for uh, my gut boy. I just say my boy's a goalkeeper. He's not like out on pitch being oh, kicked in the head. <laughs> <that. Okay. laughs>
2: Everybody's come to fighting. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. Um, for the benefit of the people listening on the on the podcast, um, Craig, can you do me a favour and just explain Joseph Fair's attire? I mean, it's impressive stuff.
3: Well, yeah, hold on. Let me just zoom in. I haven't got a full screen at the moment. Let me just do that. <laughs> it's
2: Jeez.
3: impressive,
4: Joe. Talk yeah, us through it. It's... Well, I feel Furns. bad. Furns. Yeah, you, you were just you were just talking about showing good discipline to the pod, being in the right position. But I've um had to postpone the pod for twenty five minutes because no, I was ben, stuck, no, a, no, I stuck at a barbecue in Colchester, and because I've been at a barbecue, I've gone for the Hawaiian shirt, which is a sort of spice number. I'd, I'd imagine it's probably more fitting of Ben Bloom rather than me on these. Yeah, sort of pods.
2: I, I'm pretty certain I've seen Ben in that shirt before, but it's,
4: it's, there are it's any impressive.
3: birds on that Joe, the yeah. hummingbird on there or something.
2: Some pa-
4: there you yeah, go. about The kids love it. The yep.
2: chicks dig it. <laughs> chicks dig it. And that's <laughs> that's know? the audience. That's who we're pitching to. Um so yeah, giving away secrets of the pod as well. But yeah, re- behind the actor studio or whatever it is. Um so I mean we've got plenty to talk about today. Um, not in a good way, but we I I'm gonna as you can tell from the intro, I was trying to keep it up, you know, the energy positive and you know, but we are gonna we're gonna have to weigh through some stuff i'm not going to swear so early in the pod because youtube doesn't like it when we do that um let's quickly deal with the news shall we guys and um i mean i saved this story um from the pre-match show with mikey on friday um it's not a huge amount of a story really but um the squad list is confirmed for the first half of the season um we're obliged to submit um a squad Um, within um, 24 hours of the EFL um, transfer window shutting and their lists are published. Um, So Salida and Morsi go in there. Um, But um, Craig, um, there are people who miss out because we've got, you know, it's quality squad we've got. Um, Mars Kenlock um, continues with the under-23s. He doesn't make it. Um, And Ben Morris, um, who's still coming back from his ACL injury. Um, So he he misses out as well. centre-half Luke Wolfenden, as the TWTD reports, counts as a club-developed player and the only one amongst the seniors. Um, anything that you want, to, any conclusions that you want to draw from any of those bits of information, Craig?
3: Um, well, we can't draw anything concrete from, those, from that, but you might be able
1: to
4: Infer. conclude...
3: <laughs> yeah, you might be able to conclude that having been in the bomb squad at the beginning of pre-season and then realising that at least one... Home, not homegrown, is it? Yeah. Who? Someone who's been with you for X amount of years needs to be in your uh, your 22 man squad to suddenly appear in the first team squad may suggest that it's a box ticking exercise. I don't know. Might be a bit harsh to say such. Um, it was. Either, I suppose it was either him or Kenlock, wasn't it? At the end of the day.
2: Yeah. And uh, and,
4: and also when you look at the size of some squads in this league we were talking about having a nice trim down squad with fewer players this year. And we have um, 49 professional players where there's teams in this league with 22.
3: And also, and also Cook said himself, didn't he? Oh, we may have ended up with one or two more than we initially thought we might. Oh, that's reassuring that we didn't just go out and splurge all our money in some sort of supermarket (laughs) sweep, (laughs) chucking in, Domestos and uh, coffee makers into our trolley. Oh, it's a
2: three for two on bags of sugar. We we, we <laughs> yeah. always run out of sugar on
3: central midfield. A very alike central midfielders. Quick stock up.
2: Yeah, I mean, hold that thought on central midfielders. We are going to talk about those. Um, yeah, Wolfenden. I mean, narrative around Wolfenden um, again when we start talking about Bolton as well. So hold that thought too. But um, there you go. There we go. All of the best laid plans. All of the sound bites from the summer, and and there we go. We're trying to find jiggery pokery administrative means of getting that squad submitted. Um, certainly, players who weren't again, uh, who were unlikely to be featuring there. I guess they don't need to be because they they don't count because they're um, below the age range. But um, Joe five um, academy players, I guess scholars. I I, I might be wrong <coughs> on that vernacular. Um, have gone out on loan. Um, Harry Noctor, Stone Walton. Gerald Boobo, Jesse Nambuese, Zach Bradshaw joining Berry and Dylan Crowe, the kind of who we've spoken about, on and off Dylan Crowe for about three years um, since that kind of Huddersfield deal didn't happen. Um, he's off to Leicester. Um, any reflections on the status of the academy? That are Worth just lobbing into
4: the pot before I let you speak as well. That yes. The,
2: the under-18s remain top of their league after a one or draw at the weekend with Cough. But yeah, it- go on, Joe.
4: It's it's interesting because we've got five players in the under-18s called out on loan where I I can't remember the last time you loan out players of that age. The only time you do is sort of at the end of their second year, you might send a couple out on loan because you know you're not going to offer them a contract. But someone like Jared Buabo, for example, signed sort of early this year as an under 16 played sort of had a decent role in the youth cup and he's a first year scholar never really been in the academy and he's now going out on loan to sort of play men's football so it's a it's definitely a different path they're trying to go down and get get more players out on loan like I say we normally get about 18 to 20 out of season we've got 17 out already at the moment and it's just I say you just hope that the players aren't going out on loan too early they're not they're not just going to get too suited to a low level of football rather than actually learning the technical skills required to play football at Ipswich Town and then sort of try and toughen themselves up from there. Because like I said these players just haven't been in the academy that much at all. So interesting to see. But yeah, it sounds like they're all playing and all rel- doing relatively well.
3: How will that, that work? That they'll, that they'll still, sorry, Rich, they'll still train with us on a day to day to day to day basis and just obviously train with Barry, Leyston, whoever, on the nights that they'll train.
4: Yeah, yeah. They, they'll still be, they'll still be based at the club almost full-time, really. And I think for the under-18s, it's almost part of a... I, the club will probably get funding from the sort of educational authorities for it with pre, almost apprenticeships where they'll have to be doing a certain amount of hours of classroom style and sort of day release work work studies there as well. So it's, it's not just as simple as just, oh, they're out on loan and we don't see them. They will yeah. just be playing the games for them. So but it's interesting to see and sort of interesting to see how it works out. But like I say, there, it's, it's good to have some relationships with the sort of Suffolk non-league clubs. It'd be ideal if we could help some of those Suffolk non-league clubs get up to a better standard of football, ideally sort of Conference South, even sort of Conference National, National League, premier or whatever, whatever that whatever they call these days because like I say, some of the players are effectively at step forward, which isn't a great standard, but the sort of better they can do the sort of better everyone does from it.
2: And, and we've got some kind of link up with Berrytown now, haven't we? for Alan Lee maybe or did I read that or have I made that up?
4: I think there's some but it's it's all like unofficial links with Berry, Sudbury, Needham. Okay. We might train there or sort of allow them to use our facilities or send coaches that way. There's, I don't think, I think at some point Needham were linked with Norwich at one point, but I think that's ended and Sudbury we had a decent relationship with, but then it sort of went down the pan a little bit. I think there were some comments between Mark Morsley and Brian Klug when a few guys went to Bury and it's, it's been a bit back and forth, but it's, I think it's very important to keep up good relationships with Bury, Sudbury, Needham, Lowestoft, Layston, all these teams sort of that are close to us that help can help us and we can help them because they they have some decent players come through their academies as well, which end up in the league. So we need to make sure that we're the ones picking those up as well on the flip side.
2: Yep. Yep. Um, so we'll keep a ITFC underscore Academy on the Twitter. I'm sure Joe, you'll be tweeting any updates from those guys. So um, keep a look on there. Um, and finally in the news, I mean, this is becoming a regular feature now. Maybe we should just do the match reports for the women's team who, um, um, made it through the determining round, which is again nice lingo um for the women's National League Cup. Um they beat London Bees, um newly relegated London Bees who are the same level as town, um 1-0, um Zoe Barrett with goal. Um and uh, continue their run of um I guess is this is this NFL type speak, Joe, shut out or am I the clean sheet again is what I mean. You can um, yeah, yeah.
4: So, I think I think it's important that's how you, you... We speak about the women's team, but I was listening to a podcast about the women's team the other day and they were saying it's, it's almost becoming more important that they start to score a few more goals because I think the this is obviously a cup game that they've got through against a decent side in their league, but I think there's two leagues, the sort of north and the south league, and there's only one promotion spot between the two leagues, so you've got to win the league to get into the playoffs to try and get promoted. So it's going to be really, really tough to get out of this league, and I think Southampton ladies have won two of their games 9-0. Ipswich have yet to concede a goal and it's like I say goal difference is going to be important it's it's almost like there's two or three good teams in this league and the the league will be determined as long as you do your job elsewhere that the league is going to be determined in in the games against the teams in this league and if you draw the game you need to make sure you're getting your goal difference up elsewhere so it's just really really important for these girls that they keep winning and keep winning well but you just gotta keep doing it but like I said a great cup result against a team in their team at their level who have recently been relegated I've, I think at sort of two or three of the signings have been from London Bees this summer yeah so
2: well, I think we're, there was some rotation I think they had a, a day off today I think so um, um, and just worth noting as well I mean we, they faced London Bees in the league um, at the Hive which is where Barnet Stadium obviously in, in October um, but next week um, a home game on the Sunday at the Gold Star Ground so if you're not traveling to Lincoln, and even if you are, you'll be back on Sunday, hopefully. Um, Keensham Town are the visitors, um, so yeah, try and get along, I might uh, might be there, I think I threatened to be there for this one, but um, events and logistics got the better of me, so hopefully next week I can see my first um, ITFC women's figure, that'd be good, um, and I think that's the news, I'm trying to put it off as long as I can, but I'm not sure I can, um, let's talk about Bolton. And um, no surprises for anyone tuning in to the um, exceptionally well-researched pre-match show last week. No surprises um, about the Bolton team. Let's start there. Um, I will put that up on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube. I think just the one change for Bolton, Ian Everts, Bolton, Josh Sheehan, who'd um, travelled with Wales for their um, World Cup qualifiers. He came back into the centre of midfield. Um, Otherwise, it's as you were. Um, and as Mikey revealed, um, the 4-2-3-1 form- formation and the bombing on fullbacks, um, very much Ian Everett from the school of Paul Cook. More on that shortly. Um, as for town, um, some debuts, and we will talk about these in context later on. Um, debuts in goal for Christian Walton, uh, center back for George Edmondson in what you would notionally call our first choice back line I guess um and other bits of news we've mentioned him already Luke and drops out of the squad entirely um, along with Ladke who um who also didn't make the bench it was Thomas Holy who was the keeper on the bench Luco in for injured Carl Edwards we became aware of that we weren't aware prior to kickoff of the injury necessarily for Scott Fraser which occurred earlier in the week um Connor Chaplin comes in for him um, neither of those injuries are supposed to be too bad but you never know when it comes to ipswich Craig, how are you feeling about um, the teams um, prior to kickoff
3: um quite looking forward to most quite looking forward to seeing Burgess and Edmondson start to solidify their 40 game league game campaign together in front of their new goalkeeper just to start that rock solid relationship. As it means to continue, um, obviously a Lukos, um a bit of a bolt out of the blue, wasn't it? But as you say, it transpired that um, Fraser was injured along with along with Edwards, so that makes sense. Um, was was interesting to see, or interested to see Chaplin have another go at number ten because um, obviously first match of the season, he was a little bit anonymous. Not much was going through. Not much was going through the centre midfield, through to our number ten. So you know, we've we've had a couple of weeks on the training field to put that right. Um, but yeah, no, everything else was pretty straightforward. And um, obviously, Wolfenden being out and Danassian, um being on the bench just gives a little bit of um, you know, a, he's he, he can a little bit of cover in two positions rather than the the one normally that that Wolfenden will give you. Um, you know, just just in case something happens to your right back in the first twenty or so minutes, you know, he can he can potentially cover there as well managerial genius
2: there's so much kind of nods and winks and smiles <laughs> going on with the three of I'm, us by the way like those, doing one, of those, on
3: the one of those post like match of the day um, commentaries where you know damn well what the result is and exactly what's going to happen but you can like pretend to be really knowledgeable just before it actually takes place
2: um joe there was some chatter about our centre midfield pairing after AFC Wimbledon, we used to—I guess mostly—we were, in it, we, you know, suspended, so that was never going to happen. But you were—any um, thoughts about that configuration in the middle changing for you, or as 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 you expected?
4: It's hard to talk about it without looking at it with hindsight, isn't it? But I—I I, I sort of, think Tom Carroll's got a lot more pedigree. He's—he's he's, he's almost seen as a signing that is, oh, he's just a late one that got chucked in there. It's like we know you look at his career; he's played hundred games in the Premier League. He's sort of played a lot of games for Spurs when they finished third. He's played a lot of games in the championship and you sort of wonder when he's going to get his chance because it does seem that the balance between Raheem Harper and Lee Evans hasn't worked very well so far, but Mm. more to come on that, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, and Evans retains the captaincy, though again, it's reiterated in some excellent man management, but that's not yet decided definitively. Um, so uh, into the action guys, I mean, the atmosphere was bubbly and um, Paul Cook ran onto the pitch like he does before kickoff and before the teams came out and took the applause and gave some back and that was all very exciting and the, uh, North Stand was bouncing a little bit and um, a, you know, a bit of a basketball kind of start and that was certainly the way that things were in the first half. Um, Bolton have a corner which is cleared, but um, Craig, five minutes in, um, and you know, uh, Kane Vincent Young, I think it is wins the ball back on the town right. Or maybe that's the one later on, but either way, it ends up with Wes Burns.
3: Yeah, no, he did, didn't he? he? Vincent Young had it about ten yards in our half on the right hand side and slipped it forward to to Burns on the halfway line, and Burns stuck on the after burners, um, pretty much ran in a straight line. And to be fair, he was he was strong, wasn't he? Was it uh, Gordon? I think Liam Gordon was their left back. Um, pretty much knocked, knocked it past him, shrugged him off. Um, and fouled him? No, no, no that no. is right in front of us. So, but not wishing to go you know, tread on Joe's toes in terms of the next hole, but literally when Burns crosses both of these crosses there, I'm looking straight down that line right. of where he's crossing it. So, and I'd say from was, where
4: I am, I'm, I'm the other side looking straight at it, straight at it. And it wasn't a foul. The refs uh, have let a lot go this season and, there's a couple of times where Burns got brushed off the ball and this one yeah. there was no way it was ever a foul, that one. No, i the all, next thing, guys, all,
3: We had all that. angles covered there, Rich. Don't <laughs> yeah. do not worry yourself about that, mate. I'm we asking had the
2: questions, that's fine.
3: We're like we're like the board on JFK there, mate. We are
2: without drawing, prejudice, drawing, I just asked the question. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um yeah. So he and and contrary to what he's what he's been guilty of in previous games, is he actually? You no, know, he looked up and he picked out the pass. Whereas before, he's he's been like blasting it across and hitting it too hard. You know, he could see. He looked up, spotted Bond at the back post, just slid a nice cross, cross across, and uh, Bonds at the back post just to tap it in.
2: Yeah, and uh, what uh, a start. Uh, the start! No- exactly right. What a start. The note I've got here as well is, you know, we're we're going to talk about Ipswich's defensive shape. The fact that mccauley Bon is two yards out of, you know, in front of the goal, completely unmarked, to me, suggested that Bolton weren't all that defensively either. And the first half was punctuated by, I think, some pretty chaotic defending from both teams. It's just one got more chaotic as the game went on. Um, But as you say, Joe, that positive start. um, And then Bolton establish um, their kind of way to get around our tactics. It's clear that Everett is... Clued up on Paul Cook's style, lots of long diagonals, lots of exploiting the space when the fullbacks bomb on, which we've, Greg, I think you mentioned this pretty early on, um, that. Um, the idea is the fullbacks are going to bomb on, but the central midfielders fill the space. That certainly was not happening. Um, some instances where Bolton get in behind um, came Vincent Young. We'll talk about him more in a second. Um, he picks up an early yellow card for a foul on a line. More on M2. Um, because um, on the 18th minute, um, it's going to go all kinds of wrong. Have I missed a goal out yet? I'm, I'm really struggling to keep... It's
3: um, one on ha- 10 minutes. Do they, score, do they score five minutes after us?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm. This is the trouble, guys, with conceding so many goals. Is I've literally lost the track of the order. Um. So let's talk about the first goal for Bolton. It's an equaliser for them. Um. And Joe, we talked about the space. Um. But this is just terrible defending all around, isn't it?
4: Which it's, it's quite a simple goal, really, isn't it? When you when you look back at it, and this isn't a case of the fullbacks being caught up the pitch. This is a case that their fullbacks have bombed on and. It's a long, it's a long ball from the sort of inside right position. Just knocked over the top. Liam Gordon, the left back, has moved on. Vincent Young goes across to him, but he's probably a little bit too slow getting over to him. Gordon just heads it back into um, Atholayan, is it? Who has more space? Than you believe, and like I say George Edmondson has got has got to get closer to him there. You, you can see where the ball's going. You can see Vincent Young has to go across to try and get close to Gordon and. Edmonton just doesn't, doesn't react at all. Afalayan has time just to take a touch and hammer it past the keeper. And it, it's a well-taken goal, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, like I say, it came, comes up late in the game. It's a, it's a well-worked goal and it's a very clear weakness that Everett seemed to have picked out in our, in our team that they were able to just keep going after again and again. And I say it was just a, Oh, it's, it's hard to say. It's a poor goal we can see because it was well taken, but it was too easy. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, a it's a pretty yeah. standard League One goal
3: that we may see a few more times against us if we don't sort ourselves out pretty quickly. You'd have thought. Mm.
2: And Athlone is very happy to celebrate a birthday goal in front of the North Stand with a party hat, which I don't know where that came from. Um, and inside Sound, the It sounded as well. like it went down well, though. Yeah, it was, um, it was very well received by the North Stand, as you can imagine. Yeah, had um, a hat. He had a party hat, yeah. I don't know if someone had chucked it on the pitch for him or left it by the goal. and um, but he put <laughs> a party hat on. I, I'm I've I definitely remember seeing that, but again, I might have <laughs> that. you had
4: to drink before the game. Rich? I had
2: some <laughs> Ribena. no, I, not as much as after.
4: <laughs> no, well,
2: um, and this is just gonna get worse as well because we talked about the foul that um Vincent Young puts on
4: FLA and That I,
2: I, I've just got my sequencing wrong. Then we've got the penalty here. and, 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 and that,
4: that foul as well, sort yeah. of, not to go back to it, is ridiculous because Vincent Young loses the ball on the touchline about 40 yards from goal. He tries to pull Afelayan down. Afelayan doesn't go down. And Vincent Young just goes with and goes with him, and still trying to pull him down. And ends up pulling him down on the edge of the box, getting the obvious yellow card. And it's like, if somebody's beating you to the ball and you're in a bad position, you've made a mistake, pull him down, take the yellow card. There's no point taking the yellow card and still giving a free kick away in what was a bloody dangerous position by the time he actually gave it away. There. It's just very, very properly. naive defending there. Like I say, you've either got to foul properly take the yellow or just – like I say, where where they fouled him was a silly position to give away free mm. kick and we got away with that one. But
2: Yeah, but we're not going to get on this. And I'm going to take this one because as we've already established, I'm in the Northland looking at this. Um, and I mean, but you guys have said it's not. It looks no better or worse from the opposite end of the ground as well. He, I, I, Vincent Young is actually doing just about okay in this situation. He's taking Aphelion away from. He, he's getting slowly close to goal, but he's out wide, and he's got to get past Vincent Young to get a ball across. And he's being shepherded to an extent. Vincent Young's giving him plenty of space, but he lets him, just keeps letting him come. Doesn't stand him up, doesn't try and swayed him outside or try and t- stick a, um, you know, I was going to say stick a boot in, but he's about to stick a boot in, just as Zephyr lines about to kick the ball off the pitch, basically. And it's a clear foul. It's so, I've, I can't recall seeing a more obvious foul and it felt inevitable as well. Just inviting him, inviting, inviting him, and eventually, I don't know whether Joe it was similar to the foul on Zaha and the in yeah. the Palace friendly. I was just
4: about to say that in the in the Palace friendly that Vincent Young again did this where it's sort of like you have sort of jockeyed him into position and you've sent him one way and then you've just dived in where there was there was never a chance of winning the ball from where he dived in at. It's just a really really poor challenge and I think had he not already been booked, this would have been a nailed-on yellow card and had was, that been a second yellow card. I don't think you'd have been able to have any complaints. It's just a poor, poor tackle.
2: Yeah. And um, Doyle it is who makes no mistake from the spot, um, gives Walton the eye, sends him to his right, and nice low shot down the middle, which we always love to see. Um, And um, 21 minutes, Craig, as you've mentioned before, um, Dynastien is brought into the fray, Vincent Young substituted. um, And that's a pretty sad indictment. I mean, it's probably logical. An indictment of a 21 minutes spell that Vincent yeah. Young is going to want to forget, isn't
3: it? Yeah, horror show, yeah. didn't he? Poor old fella. And and think, think and 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 thing, and, 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 to, and you know it's probably his worst performance of the season. But he wasn't a million miles off that, was he, Joe? Over at Burton, UI and and um, Dave stood next to each other in the corner at Burton, and he had a he had a you know had a poor old game there as well. I he wasn't. It was more
4: that he, he was struggled in, a, in an attacking sense at Burton, wasn't it? That he just had nothing about it when he was trying to do anything in the attacking sense, where I can't remember him being beaten over and over again, sort of defensively, which he was at yesterday. But no, it, it's a worry his form so far this season. It's Has he sort of, obviously he seems to have lost a step at the moment physically, but has he lost a step mentally as well from the sort yeah. of player that came in?
2: And he was doing press this week as well. He's talking up the role of Chambers and Scuse last season and um, the example they set in the dressing room. But hey-ho. But, you know, as much as there have been about a 15-minute spell of total dysfunction for Ipswich. Joe, I think my order is now back on track. Um, Whereas Burns is going to do the trick again down the right-hand side.
4: And it's just the same as before. He just picks the ball up, has to look around. He's got nowhere else to go, but just to uh, run it down the line. He just runs it and runs it, and then just fires across in. Like, Bon is there lurking, but Ricardo Santos beats Bon to the ball and just swings a left foot at it and just shanks into his own goal keeper absolutely no chance had he had he left it to Bonnet, it would have been a goal there but again the goal comes from very literally it's not it's it's not like it's a great piece of attacking play from the team working it's it's Wes Burns being able to be very direct very good at getting past the man and picking out the right ball but great to be back on And you thought here we go come on back to 2-2 can't have a another poor defensive game. Let's go from here. But
2: Yeah, and it's just worth... I'll put up the attacking momentum chart here. It doesn't show the goals annoyingly, but there was certainly a 10-minute spell after we equalised where I think Town got back on top and realised the best way to stay in the match was not to let Bolton in their, in our half. So we tried to take the game to them, and Chaplin has a chance on 35 and makes some space pretty well for himself a nice turn hits it high and wide though and then 45 minutes we've got these kind of fine margin moments admittedly it's not going to matter because of the second half um, where again Burns and Bond and Bon can't set himself uh, guys can you talk through this he, he didn't seem to me to be able to get his feet right and ends up probably wide isn't he that's
4: exactly it Burns gets it round and pulls it back to him but he takes it with his left foot where it's and he just sort of hits it back the way it came almost doesn't he doesn't, he? doesn't he doesn't direct it towards goal. Where had he? I think he probably had time to take a touch and have a shot, but it was a, it was just a barely a half chance, really, was right. it?
2: And then down the other end, Craig, just on half time, when you don't want to concede, it's that man again. Yeah,
3: yeah. And we were chatting up, up where we are saying, "Oh, let's just get to half time now. Get to half time. Treat it as nil-nil. Start again second half." Um But. It was almost straight from straight from that chart. Bon chance, wasn't it? <laughs> bon chance. Um, <laughs> it, it, the ball makes its way over to our right back position, and for some reason, Danasian is just miles away from Athelion. And he's Denassian's in the centre, pretty much holding hands with Edmondson.
2: He goes to the um, ball, doesn't he? In, earlier in the move, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, but there's, and he, I don't know if he just doesn't see him or doesn't know he's there. But he is. Good twenty yards away from line and is that far away that Afline has, has time to control it, look up, and sort of caress it into that far corner before has even got across to to stop the shot? And it's just just another appalling, you know, from what you see, just defensively set up goal that you know when the ball's here, you need to be here. But even even that, for a, for a guy who's you know, a relatively experienced defender and has played right back on a fair few occasions... And he's and you know,
4: an out-and-out out defender, me. really, isn't he? Yeah,
3: exactly. That. And that's I thought that when when Vincent Young went off, I thought, right, OK, well, what might happen now? Is because obviously Vincent Young and Harper play on that same sort of side, and nominally Harper's supposed to be covering for Vincent Young when he goes up and down the pitch. Well, if Danassian's there, then Harper hasn't got off. This is my way of thinking... Harper hasn't got to do as much covering, actually, because is not going to be bombing forward too much. You know, he's, you, you know where he's going to be. Lo and behold, you look up, and he, and he's not there. He's he's over in the middle. Um, so, yeah, it's just another... Chalk it up to another poor goal.
2: And, and Joe, you know, a lot of people... I, I think in the second half, he started to get a few sarcastic cheers and cheers, might have been the Bolton fans. Christian Walton could do nothing about these goals. The penalty's the penalty, isn't it? But these are... You know, you're giving the ball to an informed striker. We two goals already. That that's in the season doubled up, didn't he? But these are right in the middle of the the area, or just out. You know, right close in. The keepers can. He's not got a huge amount of chance with these, has he?
4: Like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to criticise Walton because like I say it's his first game, and I, I wouldn't say he had a chance of anything. But it would be nice to see an Ipswich goalkeeper save a shot the season that you're not expecting them to it hasn't happened yeah the goalkeepers
2: in in thomas the fans, holy effect yeah I hadn't made it. our keepers don't make saves in our matches anymore do they it's no. it's bizarre and and that's half time and, it, and a real you know kicking the teeth when you'd kind of got back on terms after a very chaotic time after taking the lead um and the same old mistakes and we've broken the duck of conceding two goals a game because we've now conceded three. And second half, I'm not going to dwell too much on this because the game's over pretty much on the 60th minute. You know, Bonner's a chance early on in the second half. But um, this, I'll just quickly talk through this goal. Guys, feel free to add anything in. Um, Sarkovic is, as as a low shot, saved. Um, He's got time to retrieve the ball um, and centres it to Sheehan, who's totally unmarked and he just slots it. Beyond Bolton into the corner for 4-2. Um, Bolton at this point completely dominant. Um, Afflein and Sarkovich have more further chances before on 57. The present the positioning is all askew again. Coulson's up the pitch, Evans notionally covering covering for him. And who is it who gets the cross in? It's the centre-back Santos, who's marauding down the right-hand side. And who's on the end of his cross? It's the other centre-back. It's uh, Johnston, who has a header which hits Edmondson, conveniently falls straight back to him. And the rebound, he kind of loops a shot in for the fifth. Um, but no twenty one...
4: seconds before that the ball could be cleared, but it loops up in the air. Walton goes to name. him and Burge and I, I don't know whether he puts a name on it, I'm sure he does, but him yeah, and Burge jump into each other and he spills the ball out. It's like And it's And the one before that, the fourth crazy. goal that went the fourth goal went
3: over Burgess's head, didn't it? He's there, reads a the header it and it just you lose it, goes over his head. He did that in the first half as well. The one where Edmondson had to cover around, I think, and 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 block the shot. Burgess was literally standing under it for ages. My ball, my ball. And it's, but he had a poor old
4: game yesterday, Burgess. Like, yeah. But they, in, in, even in the first half, Edmondson makes a goal-saving tackle. The yeah. nashing gets across and makes a goal-saving tackle when they're there. Later after the fifth goal, a throw-in just comes down the line that Edmondson lets drift over his head. And 10 seconds later, they, they have a shot. A long ball is looped in. Edmonton and Burgess look at each other and you think, well, they've got it covered because it's gone in there so slowly. And then... Two seconds later, the Bolton strikers firing a half-volley goal, which Burgess does well, um, sorry, that Walton does well to keep out. It was just it's an absolute horror show at the back. It was just a
3: shambles. And there was times when the ball was dropping over Danassian and donassian was looking back to Walton thinking, right, he's going to come and get it. Walton's backing off towards his goal and they, they're getting further and further apart. The ball's just hmm. dropping between them. They, it's, there was just zero understanding between it, they were playing like strangers. I know they're and, all new, but they did actually look like they were playing like strangers.
4: And like I say, you talk about Luke Wolfenden, and I know there's a you want to get Edmonds into into the team, but I thought Luke Wolfenden and Cameron Burgess have formed a decent partnership so far, and all the goals they've conceded have been from set pieces, and that's that's team defending, not individual defending. I thought the I thought the in-game defending was as bad as I've seen from Ipswich's team. For well, I, I I don't know when the last time we defended that badly in game was. You're pro- you're probably going back, quite literally, to sort of Paul Jewell era, Debra. yeah
2: And and uh, the thing that gets me, or we, we, you know, we've got questions about the coaching, we've got questions about the organisation, um, is 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 the amount of space that we just afforded I I couldn't really understand whether we were man marking or zona marking. I don't think we were marking at all. We were marking the space, um, and utter chaos and the booze start at that point they'd kind of there'd been
4: a lot of people left when that fifth went in i don't blame them there were people, people leaving
2: left. yeah certainly in the north Side, a load of uh, mass exit at that point there were people um arguing right in front of me two lots of argument with the same people who uh guys were slagging off cook and the team and people were giving them back and the stewards got involved and it went on for about 10 minutes there was more drama in that bit than there was in the rest of the the half will be at Bonnets. The post doesn't he? from a well-taken and free kick. But the damage. I can't
4: believe that didn't go in. It looked in and then all of the a sudden. Like, oh, are still playing.
2: The as well, yeah. Um, and the subs, guys. I mean, we're going to have to talk about what the plan is here or what what was trying to happen here. Carroll comes in for Chaplin. Harper goes up to the number 10 position. Then Evans has a go there. Then I think it becomes a 4-1, 4-1 um yeah. Jackson but, comes on for Burns. I mean Burns had a pretty lousy second half. He there was one moment where he let the he lost the ball in the sun and it went straight out hit him off the back and stuff. It was I mean, I mean, they swapped
4: it, they they basically Burns was our danger man where everything was coming through and they, they just switched it around and just put Affalay on that side so that the full backs couldn't go there and left Burns isolated and it just took Burns out of the game and it just yep. felt that they were just two steps ahead of us tactically Mm -hmm. all game. They were making little in-game adjustments and we were just... Paul Cook just looked despairing on the touchline and very alone, just standing there sort of his hands on his knees, just not knowing what to do. And I just think, like I say, you you mentioned Jackson there. You've got the winger going off. You've got Louis Barry, who he signed. You've got Joe Piggott, who he signed. And you've got Caden Jackson, who was bombed down and was playing at Braintree while Ipswich were drawing 3-3 free free with Colts in pre-season. Caden Jackson was playing with the youth team at Braintree. And who's the one that comes on? Caden Jackson. Yeah. And you say, you say what to say about um, Carroll coming on. That's the second time
3: they've tried that, where he he comes on and sits in front of the back four. And that's just, that just completely nullifies us. Nothing happens from then on in, because neither Harper or Evans know what to do then. They're just, like, just nominally just wandering around a little bit further forward. That neither of them get on the ball. There's no point Carroll... It reminded me very much of Andre Dizel last year. There's no point Carroll or Dizel having the ball 70 yards away from the opposition goal. What's the point? Mm. You know, you've got a nice guy who can just ping passes with his left foot. Well, he's pinging them 20 yards around the halfway line. You know, It's just offering us nothing at all.
4: It just awesome. completely nullified us. Just to, even, just to even take it back to its simplest level, you're 5-2 down at home and you take off your number 10 to bring on a deep line midfielder. And leave one it, up front. It, it just did, looked like we just looked we'd given up at this point. It looked like we didn't want to concede anymore Yeah, yeah. We we're just and trying to was,
3: solidify that central midfield. Just across, oh, we don't want to be conceding six here.
4: Yeah, it's like oh, we're we're five two down at home. We don't we don't want to lose any more than that. It was yeah. an absolute sorry YouTube ad revenue shit show.
5: That's all right. We're after the first fifteen. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook delivery. You win, order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends,
2: you know clearly doesn't have the trust of the manager here, and we've been it's no secret we've been trying to get him out. he is presented with a, a pretty decent opportunity in front- in front of goal and rather than take a shot, he crosses it and that just summed up the kind of situation for me just substitutions with no real forethought there's there is no realistic plan b here, and even then the game is gone when the when the plan is is brought into action anyway, and you know the boost start there was some you know the same old gumbos in the north End saying not fit to wear the shirt but you know quite rightly the media are now looking and twitter and you know we are going to have to look into the decisions that paul cook is making you know the interviews you can tell when things are starting to turn and are not looking good because um stew watson and andy warren in the eadt start to put the transcript up (laughs) of the post-match interview verbatim rather than make an article of it you know the the quotes here I'll, i'll give you them um after a dream start, that ended a nightmare. How would you sum that up? I think you've just summed it up perfectly. It's probably one of the toughest days I've had in management. I think that he's had two of those in his spell with Ipswich with two different teams. So um, make of that what you will.
3: Who's answering these questions? I can't tell without the accent, mate. Sorry. Who's answering these I'll, questions? Uh,
2: um, the next quote is is the kind of quote that's starting to get on my nerves. This is a very proud club. very, very proud club. And that was not a very proud performance. I can't get the the two levels. I've lost it. I need a matter of practice. Um, Good. We are, and then there's two questions. Are right? We are. We are quite okay with the ball, quite okay. Um, if that was written in my performance review at work, Richard is quite okay at doing his job. I'd kind of think, well, damn, with faint praise there. Um, we still score goals, and we missed a couple of chances. But without the ball, we are a million miles away from where we need to be as a team. That's something we have to eradicate and eradicate quickly, question, how are you going to eradicate it? By not talking too much. Well, there's a lot more chat in this interview. Um, By not trying to talk nonsense to our supporters. But here we go. By a desire and a willingness to work, number one. By having a hunger and an aggression in our play. Um, And that's something we sadly lack at the moment. And that's something we need to find. So not by being organised, by being well coached, by knowing exactly where to be by having leaders on the pitch. That was very obvious to me, yes, on Saturday. No one organising, no one talking. Captain Lee Evans, very, very silent, very passive. But what do you expect when you know that you're not going to have the captaincy in a few weeks' time when Morsi's bit and um, not banned? Um, does it worry you the start you've made to the season? No, no. I've got to tell you, no, it, generally does, it genuinely doesn't. I'd love to be able to say it does. I know the personal in the building. I know the place we've got to come in. I know the characteristics of a Sam Morsi type, for example. Everything that we lack today will be there ten times from him. It's all about Morsi. Um, Question: I'll I'll leave you with this before we jump into some questions. Do you think it's in the questions? Uh, Sorry. Do you think it's in the coaching? (laughs) And the answer. Come on, mate. (laughs) That is the answer. Do you think it's in the coaching? Come on, mate. Do us a favor. Don't, come on. Don't ask that. Um, first time Ipswich have conceded five at home since 2011, um, when Southampton also beat us 5 2. Um, in the dugout, a scouser named Paul. Um, and that defeat was followed up by a 7 1 away defeat at Peterborough, guys. Um, Bolton up to third. I thought Bolton, um, I don't know whether it's just because they played us. Um but look very tidy a line obviously a quality player, doyle we knew about Sarkovic, decent number ten didn't really do a huge amount yesterday, but didn't really have to solid back line they're up to third good luck to them um and town twenty second um one of three teams with any with no wins yet on the boards nine points off players twelve points off top spot it's not in
3: division good. three
2: in Division three, Craig. Quite right. Um let's um let's go to the questions. Let's try and make some more sense of this. Um and Dave Gort starts us off in the right way. What um who has to pee in all the corners of Portman Road to release the obvious obvious curse that's hanging over this club? That's the only reason it must be. Um Alex Hare is um very prolific in the um the comments, but I think this is probably the one that is the most um uh, yeah, the most important. Cook won this division twice with two previous clubs and using many of the same plays he signed. Why is it not working for us? It was a shambles on Saturday. Joe, I'm going to come to you.
4: Well, when you when you look at when he won this league with Wigan in 2016, 17, I think it was, as a team, as a, in the whole season, Wigan conceded 29 goals in 46 oh. games we've conceded 15 goals in six games. So uh, more than half they conceded in the whole season. We have conceded by the 12th of September. It's... uh, I don't don't want to go down the route, and I'm sure this will come up in the questions of Liam Richardson was the brains, and you you look at where Wigan are in the league. Second, are they? Six games. and And so far, their six games have been against Sunderland, Rotherham, Wickham... Charlton, Portsmouth, and then Doncaster yesterday. We're third bottom and we've played Morecambe, Burton, Cheltenham, MK Dons, AFC Wimbledon, and Bolton. And it is a it is a we we've we've had a very soft start to the season and we have picked up zero results. Paul Cook came in for 16 games last season, and that was twice against AFC Wimbledon. MK Dons at home, Northampton, um, Rochdale. We haven't played... We've, he's been in charge for 22 games of this football club in the league, and we've won four of them. And I'd say out of those 22 games, there's probably one, maybe two against teams that you'd expect to finish in the top eight in this league. Last year, he couldn't set the team up to score a goal. We we were drawing every game nil-nil. We can now score goals, but we're so leaky at the back. It's, it's almost like you can't have both ways of it. You, you sort of let go of one, and then the other goes with it. And like I say we are utter rubbish like, it's just embarrassing how bad we were yesterday like I say I didn't I didn't realize how long ago it was when you just said there the sort of first time we have let five goals at home to, since we played Southampton in 2011 10 years and this is the third tier and sort of Bolton they drew nil-nil at home to Burton on Monday and they're putting five past us and they came out after half time and they could smell blood and they just ripped into us and scored twice and had they carried on playing like that that, could, that game could have finished anything yesterday it could have been worse, have, yeah, have been worse and yeah. we had no answer to it they just tactically we were just out coached from start to finish they just making little adjustments and Paul Cook I don't know I, he's got no coach on the bench to talk to him he's just standing there on his haunches just he he, he seems lost out there on that sideline and it is a big big worry
3: that's the concern to that's the concern to me is and I was I was chatting to my um, boy Oscar's manager, he's an Ipswich town fan, and we sort of as we arrived this morning just looked at each other and went, Christ, what was that yesterday sort of thing? And and we both said Paul Cook is now getting in every match, he's getting tactically out thought before matches, just in terms of how the opposition set up to play against us, but during matches as well. And this isn't against Alex Ferguson and Jose Mourinho, this is against guys who are just starting off. In well. their managerial careers, isn't it? These are novice managers. AFC
4: Wimbledon manager was working for like PRS music things. About he, year he ago. was
3: working. He was working for my mate at Chelsea doing the tours about seven, eight years ago, and just part time. But he coaching under nines at um, AFC Wimbledon. These are these are novice guys that are just before games and during games out-thinking us. That's a concern.
2: Mm. And he cuts a very lonely figure on the sideline yeah. as well. And, yeah. and that, to me. There are questions about, let's get into it now. I'm not, I mean, there's plenty of them here. Um, I'll just go scroll through some of these. Um, Dale Ellis, Cook said, don't really see positives when you've had a heavy defeat at home. Also took issue with being asked negative questions. <laughs> What's that they to ask? Can't ask about injuries, anything else. Gets annoyed, um, his interviews feel pointless. Dale, it gives me the opportunity to um, brush up on my Paul Cook accent. Um, more observations here, painful and poor um ashton asked for patience only last week and putting up with this is the definition of patience no board is going to get rid of a proven manager off this investment quickly um i think christmas at the very earliest this will get a review um just in
3: ter- just in terms of ashton and, and ben and i were talking about it last weekend and even now when when the ipswich result comes up on twitter you'll get bristol city fans coming in won't you chatting in. oh look ashton's blah blah Ashton isn't setting this team up. Ashton's nope. pretty much done exactly what the manager wants him to do. The, you could probably argue that the one mistake Ashton has made is a, allowing Cook carte blanche with his coaching staff.
2: Yep.
4: Yep. And um, and Morris- like, so you, you look at um, the sort of players that we've signed, and all, all, we he- all we heard about is that Paul Cook knows exactly the sort of players he wants. We've signed those sort of players, and now all we hear is when Sam Morsey's in the team will be fine. Well, you've signed three other central midfielders and not one of them can win a battle in midfield. Not one of them smells danger, covers ground, sits up. Like I say, I'm not... Obviously, Cole Scuse is 36 now and and he's, and he's gone, but a player of that ilk whose first instinct is to shut the back door, not go forward. You, like I say, the, the midfield two, Harper and Evans, is as flaky a midfield two as I've ever seen. they they. They got overrun in preseason when they played, and and they've been overrun in every game now. And you're not you're not talking about proper yeah. hard and pros overrunning them. You're talking about just League One battlers overrunning them. Well, not
3: and not even that is it the Milton kids. These are League One kids as well that are, that are you know taking Lee Evans to the cleaners in central midfield. Um, I yeah.
2: we've got we've got to answer the questions here, guys, because I've got so many. Um, I Morris um, Cloud. Um, uh, Cook's post-match cliche, cliche is getting ever more irritating for him. Um, he says, Edmondson, not fit. Um, Burgess out, thought. Harper and Evans run, run over again. Um, Cook, a one-trick formation tactical pony. Smart teams have worked him out. Is tactical help the only answer? PS, you were right about line Yep, he was my pick, although I didn't say it out loud in the pod. James Monk, just to supplement this, Craig, we'll come to you on this one. Um, I think this is a joke at the start. Do you think we need to buy some more attacking options to stop this run? Um, he says, um, and these are his words, was it a mistake employing a kit man and not a defensive coach? Will we get an assistant manager when one of Cook's mates needs a job? Um, harsh words there, but the nub of it is is a bit of truth, is it?
3: Well, it's a, it's a concern, isn't it? Because as both Morris, I think it was, and James have said, Cook plays, one, Cook plays one way. This is his formation. He hasn't said to the very, very, very beginning, I play four-two-three-one. It's what I do, blah, blah, blah. What well, he's had, he's currently had two goes with two completely different sets of players, one that was already in the building. He's thrown that in the bin. And now he's got his hand-picked set of players, some of whom have played, I don't know, Lee Evans, 100 games for him in this formation in exactly the position that he wants him to play. And he can't get a tune out of these ones either then what what's the reason behind it? There's got to be a reason why that this formation that this guy has played for hundreds and hundreds of league games, he can't get to work. And it, from our, from our um, you know, uneducated view from the outside looking in, you can only look at the, the coaching staff. They just don't look coached or set up from open play or from set pieces. And also, and this isn't just defensively now. This is going forward. You know, our, there's such a huge gap in our midfield, between the num—well, the number ten for what reason he's there remains to be seen. Because nothing goes through the poor guy, regardless of who he is. We're now going to have and Selina playing there. He's going to do? Well, to get half a dozen touches a game, if if Chaplin's and and Fraser's performance or anything to go by, but there's such a huge gap between them and the 2 cent—the two sitting central midfielders who don't do their job either. They're just, the whole setup going forward and going back just seems to be all over the place at the moment, and that's a real, real concern.
2: Joe, um, I mean, this is—we've we mentioned this as well. Andrew Leggett um, Cook seems to be hanging his hat totally on Sam Morsey. Can Sam Morsy save Paul Cook's Ipswich career? It, just as supplement, this was a discussion I saw on Twitter as well. If we needed a player in the mold of Sam Morsy, um, and we've we, we signed kind of effectively three creative centre midfielders, didn't we? No one with the fight in the battle. We let downs out the building as well, and I doubt you know, but. Nolan in there as well, but he's, he's not that fighter either. It's a lot on Sam Morsi, but why didn't we try and get someone else like Sam
4: Morsi as well? And um, What would we have done had the Sam Morsey deal not gone through? That yeah. was a tough deal to do. That only went through on the last day because Middlesbrough got a player in and we managed to squeeze it through. So uh, uh, is Paul Cook really trying to say that after signing 18... 18- top players at this level, that this one is the key one? If he is, bloody hell, we're in a worse position I ever thought we were because if, if we rely relying this whole season on Sam Morsey, well, what's going to happen when he gets five bookings, if he gets another red card and he has to miss three more games? Do we just have to wave the white flag because we've got 19 right off those games. highly paid players in this division? Probably the... Well, you look at the paper and we said this all last year, but a really good squad in this division, but we can't do anything because Sam Morsey's not here. I say, we, we're talking about players not gelling yet, not this. It was Paul Cook's choice to dismantle last year's squad and sign 19 players. So he's made his bed and he needs to start getting some results soon or he's not going to be here much longer.
3: And that's a valid point in regards to that defensive midfielder, isn't it? Because we've got two players in every position. We've got three bloody first-team goalies, yet we didn't have a single... Battling central midfielder in a position in a formation which Paul Cook knows he needs
4: one. Uh, yeah, why, why, did we Tom, why did we San sign Lewis. Tom Carroll last uh, a few weeks back? If we needed a Sam morsey type, why did we not sign a battling midfielder who could start a couple of games and then Sam Morsey comes in and takes his place? Because we've really now got three players for one position and it's Lee Evans, Rakeem Harper, and Tom Carroll fighting out for one
2: one shirt between them. You can go back on this pod three years. And we were, you know, the relegation down to League One. I'm pretty certain all of us were banging the drum for getting some battle-hardened central midfielders in there. And we haven't really addressed that um, so, even since Lambert was in charge. Um, Tom, is it too simplistic to say that we that we would cut out the majority of goals if the back four took responsibility for their own man? The 90 minutes from Vincent Young was unbelievably poor out of position first. Yellow and pen, fullbacks are tucking, and so far, um, that we are at undone by the diagonal. I think we we'd all agree with that one, guys, don't we? Uh, I mean, mean, that's speaking, Craig, is that coaching? Is that set up?
3: It is, isn't it? And it's a valid question, and it has been a question that not just we've been asking; everyone's been asking the same thing since since we brought in Roberts initially, and then Jeffers and Craney. Since is who's coaching the defense? It's a valid question. You're not asking. You know, Franny Jeffers and Gary Roberts, between them, probably won six headers in their professional careers, and yet you're now asking them to set up and drill a back four from open play and from set pieces, you know, marking up from corners. Whenever we get a corner or a free kick, you can just sense the crowd like, oh, Christ almighty, we'll be lucky if we get out of this. In the first half, we had Vincent Young marking Santos because Edmunds- Edmondson was sitting on the six-yard box you know normally being the the zonal marker well that doesn't work does it
4: and we've also got we've had a position where John Ashton who's the fitness coach who was a center back is is doing the drills with the center backs before yeah. the game
2: he is
3: the headers yeah. is, isn't he it's throwing up yeah. the ball so they can head right i
4: say i I, just, I spoke to an ex player in the game at the game yesterday and his view was that Terry Butcher it was the under 23s manager or under 23s assistant manager and they've sacked him and now they can't organise a defence when you've got probably one of England's best ever defenders there. I'm not saying Terry Butcher's a brilliant manager, but he's had some success in the game as a manager. And I say you're sacking him, getting him bloody organised from set pieces. If you bought him as a set piece defensive coach, you, you know, there's not many better sort of defenders out there than Terry Butcher, is there? And yeah. well, and the yeah. thing
3: and the thing is as well in terms of getting in, you know. <laughs> assistant managers or defensive coaches you're going to have to persuade them to come in now because they'll be looking from the outside in thinking well if I come to Ipswich as an assistant manager there's a I don't know we don't know time scales there's a fair chance I could be out of a job again in three or four weeks time because the results aren't going the way if Paul Cook if there's someone decides somewhere that Paul Cook isn't the man for the job they'll be chucked out with everybody else
2: um, sorry guys sorry Joe we are answering questions I haven't asked yet so I want to do the do the oh, favour to
4: do it, in the, do it in the edit, mate. Make <laughs> us look
2: really, really good. So no, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm going to hold you back to answer the questions because there is an order. Don't worry, like Jeremy
4: Paxman here. Answer I, the question.
2: You no, know, I don't want you to answer the question. That's not the point. <laughs> You're answering it too well. Um, yeah. um I mean Patrick Palmer here. I use the I'll quote. These are his words. Cowboy Cook is his name here in comments, and there are eleven p- positions, not four, which need to be coached. If Cook um and his team cannot coach a keeper defensive midfield to be better, um, should they be here? Um, and then David Rowe kind of asks the question that a lot of people are asking, um, who is going to snap first, the owners, the chief exec or the crowd? His money's on the crowd. But you know, the the, the, the there is a, a waiver here. You know, I'll add in Yane's question here. Do you see any way Paul Cook could turn this around still? Or are we just now waiting to see how long it, um, the patience of our owners lasts? You know, who wants to take that one? I'll
4: I'll start with the first one about the patience, but you you look at who we're playing next week, and it's Michael Appleton, the guy Mm. who's previously worked with Mike O'Leary, who's previously worked with Mark Ashton, who was, when sort of takeover talk on TWTD broke, was the guy that was seen as, he's their first choice, but he recently signed a five-year contract with Lincoln. If we have a performance next week, like we had yesterday, or Saturday, where we get absolutely out for out battle and just em, embarrassed effectively I, I, don't, like I say I, I I don't see where it goes from there for, for Paul cook like, I, I genuinely think if we have a performance this bad next week Mark Ashton's going to be getting his contact book out and he's going to start be, to be speaking to people because you cannot just you cannot just throw the season away waiting for Sam Morsey to come in Craig do you agree
3: well I don't well I depends what time of day you ask me to be honest sometimes I do sometimes I don't it, these guys have invested so much money in Paul cook haven't they and Paul Cook's team and Paul Cook's squad I just don't know we don't know the, the the American guys have understandably gone quiet since the football started you know I'll be intrigued to know whose decision it will act whose final decision it will actually be it'll be Mark Ashton's I assume will it we think They'll, he'll get the you know they've brought him in to run the football club haven't they I suppose. Um, but I think Patrick asked the first question about the, the coaching all over the pitch. And that is a failing of Paul Cook, isn't it? It's, it's on, this is all on him. You know, as I said, Brett, when it's Mark Ashton's only mistake so far is giving him carte blanche about setting up his coaching team. And everyone said it, I say it was on TWTD. It's been on Twitter. It's been on the radio. People had concerns when these guys brought in yet yeah, their names, they, they're known to Paul Cook are they the sort of coaches that we need? Are they somebody who's going to stand up to Paul Cook? Where is the replacement? You said it about it, Rich, in the um, the fan QA when the question was asked to to Paul Cook, you know, are you thinking about getting one in? Didn't get much of an answer.
2: No, the answer was pretty pretty it was it was I can't do better than Liam Richardson, so I'm happy with what I've got. I mean Elder Grizzly's question here. At what point does Ashton or someone with some authority question the shambolic and inexperienced coaching setup with the club? His words, do they force an assistant on cook or well, do they employ one, uh, or do they say thanks for your efforts? Um, now is your time.
4: If you're if you're forcing an assistant onto him, you might as well sack him then, because yeah. it's got to be a decision that he's. If he isn't able to make that decision himself, then it's it's game over. If if he if he does genuinely need one, which we think he may do, and he isn't able to do that, it, it's because he's not showing the right hubris he's he's just bunkering down on his position and he's trying to do it all himself and and if that's the case and he fails from there you, you can't just in, input someone into there because they won't have any respect or any it will almost be a well like I say it, it just does not work like that.
3: Joking okay. effort okay. and but to be fair and John McGreal has been a. At- Pretty much all the matches, hasn't he? He's been seen by various people. Go on, Rich, sorry.
2: Um, Mikey asks, does John McGreal sit in the stands watching because he might become Cook's number two or because he's going to become our next manager? Um, Adam Fajani, should we bring in John McGreal's number two immediately without question? The correct answer is yes, but you might discuss it. Well, most just helps first.
4: Um, yeah. I-, I think the only hope, like, McGreal is a friend of Paul Cook's, isn't he? So you assume that if McGreal is watching every game, he is speaking to him. He is having some input, whether it's formally or not. It's just the case that, I say it's you, you. just have to hope there's some organisation there because it is such a disorganised rabble at the moment, isn't it?
3: But then Can it's up to me? John. You know, John McGreal's manager of Swindon, wasn't he? You know, he's he's got ideas above being the defensive coach assistant manager of, of Ipswich Town. And um, as Adam or Mikey says, there, I don't think I don't think in a million years John McGreal will become the next manager of Ipswich Town as and when Paul Cook gets the the sack. I think had. If it was still under Marcus Evans, I think there's a fair chance he would have done. But I'd imagine the, the American guys have got bigger fish to fry in terms of the next manager Ipswich Town as and when it comes,
2: comes yeah, to it. We were talking about Stuart Houston and John Gorman for Burley. Um, Brian Hamilton. Yes, Brian Hamilton, yeah. So um, let's just, we'll do sort of five more minutes. We'll do these as quick fires because I think we've dealt with the, with the key talking points. Um, Tom Dixon, what do we do in the training ground for two weeks?
4: I think um, they had some annual leave to
2: paintball. take. Yeah, watch a few DVDs, maybe. Um, Brian Hanley, you need a little patience. So Bobby wasn't an overnight success. Ferguson, Burley, Klopp, they're all giving time good things. Come to those who wait. There's a bit of devil's advocate for you guys. Are you yeah, agree it,
3: which, is, which is fine, isn't it? But by the same token, you you do want to see some sort of um, Im- improvement, not necessarily game on game, but just, just a general idea. You think, actually, you can see what's going on here. You can see some sort of... Structure, or you can see some sort of plan in place that it will. It looks solid from the back going forward. You can, We can still attach. Joe said these two things don't need to be mutually exclusive. You can score goals and stop them from coming in at the other end. But at the moment, we don't seem to be able to do both at the same time, do you?
4: And I, I, th- I think I think you've got to. Like I say, when they say, "Oh, Bobby Robson wasn't an overnight success." Bobby Robson came in, won four or five out of his first eight or nine games. Kept us up, and then yeah, he didn't have the best seasons. But this was in the first division when we were a smaller team, and he we didn't get relegated. But Paul Cook's come in, and he came in last year when we were sort of outside the playoffs and goal difference, and totally chucked that away. And then this year we started poorly. Like a, a manager has to earn the time that they're given, yeah. and you can't just you can't just give time for time's sake. And Alex Ferguson, when he came into Man United, they I don't know where they were, but they finished second the year after he came in. It's like he he sort of put himself some credit in the bank and then built on it from there. Even Burley managed the worst, i say the worst Ipswich team ever in that Premier League. And it was poor but when we kept, we won sort of four out of our first seven games in what was division one, the championship. I don't know what it was at that point when, when we got relegated. You, you can't just, you can't just get by on goodwill. You have to actually show something. And I, I can't, I'm not, a rabid cook out I don't think we've got to sack him or we've got no home I, I I hope he comes good and I see the squad there but I don't see anything from a Paul Cook team that is sort of in, in 22 games in half a season now what what has he done on the pitch what has he achieved what good has he got one single good result in the time he's been here I, w- I wouldn't say he has and and people say, oh, yeah, we score a few goals. We, we look good going forwards. I'd I'd argue we look good going forwards because we've got very good players. The two goals yesterday came from Wes Burns, just on his own, sort of just decided to run down the wing as fast as he can, beat players, and and because he's a good winger, set up two goals. But we're not... Like I said, there has been some decent moments this year, but it isn't... Like I said, we're not battering teams and letting in goals on the break, are
3: we? We're not, are we? Because by virtue, we've got... By you know, some people's measures, the best number 10 in the league from last year, we've persuaded Connor Chaplin to drop down a league to come and play for us in our number 10. We can't get a tune-out of either of those. Nothing at all is happening with our number 10, is it? It's just
4: not getting a touch.
2: No, not getting no, a touch. Well, that's a good one. Uh, um, Gary L, why, why does Cook remain with one up front when it clearly isn't working and, and select Jackson over Piggott? Does not make sense? I mean, is that is it time for a formation change in two up front, Craig?
3: but he's not going to do it is he it's not what he does but it's just so isolated you think you think the way that we the way that it sort of gets it gets spun after the matches is that we're you know throwing people in the box we're only got one person in the box and sometimes not even anyone in the box because bond's dropped wide and chaplin has gone out to sort of help him there's nobody in the box at all this is back Um, to back to the days of lambert
2: flim flam film fan should cook explain what he expects from a number 10 or at least where to push, position himself so i was like that's exactly what you're saying
3: Chris. yeah exactly and the thing is but and these are all the coaches that he's brought in are the coaches that operated in that area of the pitch aren't they paul cook was a sort of an attacking not attacking a creative midfielder roberts was his number 10 franny jeffers is a center forward but well, they're all the guys that worked in that area of the pitch they're not getting a tune out of them at the moment and sorry, just, and just, to sort of, just to quickly go back on what Joe was saying about um, judging Cook and bits and pieces. Cook himself said, because someone said, oh, you, you know, it's four wins. I think it was in the same interview you referred yeah. to earlier, Rich, four wins in 22, 23. He said, oh, well, hang on, lads. You know, don't judge me on last year. We can only judge on this year. All right. Well, it's no wins out of six then. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, w- which way do you want it?
2: Um, our, our mate um, north of the border, MJ, um, with the amount of funding available in the terrible start of the season, does this in any way exonerate McCarthy or Lambert's eras? Eras? No one would defend either past manager's playing styles, but could it be argued they both have done better with relatively smaller investment?
4: Well, they have, haven't they? We we got we got worse last year when Paul Cook came in, and we had we had the run in which was I'd like say once we'd got over that hump of winning those games against tougher teams, we had a sixteen-game run in last year. Which you looked at, and you thought we could go up automatically if Cook gets this right, and we we finished tenth. Let's like say we had we had the easiest running game. We didn't have to play a single team that finished in the top six in the last sixteen games, and we won four of them.
2: Um, I'm going to have to. I'll, I'm going to list some names out for people who have kindly taken the time to. Um, chip in with lots of observations, lots of questions of a similar theme as you can expect. Um, Tom Agates is quite, you know, is this running towards adversity um, that Mark Ashton has spoken about? You know, definitely um, adversity. We're creating it, I think, is um, is what Mark Ewing's response is to that one. Um, Dennis Sully, our mate Sully, what are the specific assignments for each coach of this team? Uh, I think we've dealt with that in respect of not enough of the defensive phase. Um, <laughs> Richard Lee, what's the bloody point anymore? Come on, Richard. It's it's still early. There's still 120 odd points to play for. Um, skip intro. How can apparently very good professional footballers play so naively at the back? I really want to believe, but frankly, I'm struggling right now. Absolute schoolboy defending, time and time again. Is w- at what point, Craig? Is there some responsibility for the players here, or yeah? Is it, you know, do you want to deal with that very quickly? Well,
3: yeah, I, I, yeah, I would quickly. I think you know I'm willing to give the, the new guys a pass here. You now, certainly the the, the centre-half partnership and the goalkeeper. Mick Mills said after the match, on, on in post-match, saying that they just need to play again Tuesday night, don't they? Just get them in, get them game time, understanding, whatever it happens to be, just get some sort of partnership. The only way you can play for everyone on a day on the on the training field, but these guys just need to play games. I wouldn't be averse to that at all. Certainly your centre-halves and the goalkeeper, they're not doing too much running in any case of the, in terms of the fitness. Um, I still think a lot of this... And I don't want to call him out, particularly Lee Evans. is just, you know, he's brought in. He was brought in as Paul Cook's general before Morsy was, you know, on the on the burn on the back burner. And he's been a, he's been a disappointment from a playing perspective, and certainly from a captaincy perspective. You know, when these guys are making mistakes, he's not there either, cajoling them or, or bollocking them. He's doing neither. Well,
2: he's no just, one else is either. You know, no, no. Is no, it, is no, it no, like Morsy's enough. the captain? Don't, you know, you guys are a stopgap, but more, you know, it's a real risky strategy. But there's no, you know, Dynastian has we've called out his leadership qualities when he's featured at the back. He wasn't even doing that yesterday, you know, there's there's something, yeah. Burgess had had a poor game yesterday. Normally, he's he's
3: he's loud and vocal and you know, calling out players, but he was he was quiet yesterday, but he wasn't great either.
2: Um, uh, yeah, I was going to finish on the stuff about, um, Tuesday night I, uh, I mean uh, so many people have chipped in stuff thank you everyone sorry I can't read all of this out because we're clocking up well over an hour now and um, all of this is good stuff but all of it is you know I don't think we've left any stone unturned here Joe I was going to come to you with Ian Ian McIntyre's Ian's question similar to what Craig has said um, you'll be there um, do you think we should play the first team especially the back seven in the pizza cup to get them more used to each other
4: Personally, I'd say no. I think what okay. what have you what have you got to gain from that game on Tuesday? I think if you put out a decent team and lose to West Ham under twenty one you are just in mega yeah. mega trouble. I think you've just got to, you've just got to treat that competition as we wanted to treat at the start of the season. I' say you, and you, know he,
2: you he were there. You, Cook said he didn't care about the cups. Didn't yeah,
4: he? you you put you put that you put a decent team out tomorrow and or to, Tuesday night and. You are in. You're in trouble. If you're if you're having to put out a good team against West Ham under 21s so in the Pizza Cup, you're you're in trouble, and someone will get injured. That's just the way things are at the moment. So you you've uh, just got you've just got to treat that like it should be treated, and that is as an under 23s competition. Our academy is as good as West Ham, so let's just treat it like that and play our players.
2: Two different schools of thought there. Um, thank you for your answers there. I'll, I'll end with Andrew's question. Run, um, fat boy, run! Should cook stop running out? of the tunnel before the players certainly (laughs) if he doesn't get a result link and he won't be doing it um uh, sheffield wednesday will he um guys thank you so much for your insights and opinions and thoughts um, and and also um, thank you to everyone for your questions. Apologies, as I said, I didn't have time to name everyone or read everyone's out. We do appreciate it. It really helps shape the debate, and we're trying to make sense of stuff as much as you guys are. So um um, thank you for trying to help us make sense of it too. Um, some plugs and bits and pieces before we say goodbye. And um, Craig, I'm going to let you have the final word. If that's right, you can start thinking about that um, I will put across the bottom for the people who are watching on YouTube where you can find us as always I would commend our Instagram page and Blue Monday Pod team we're starting to do more and more stuff on that Um, but we will try and do a live show this week and we'll try and get a kind of a regular drumbeat of the Wednesday live show where one I'm I'm sure of the three of us at least will be talking about the Pizza Cup um, and whatever team um is brought out um to face them the pre-match show as always we'll try and get that out um either live um friday night or um pre-record friday morning if we can craig i think will be joining me this week another um debut on the pre-match show so we'll look forward to that um where i will be listing out my key player for lincoln <laughs> it's probably not going to be teddy bishop because i think he might be injured um but um if you're anyone from here listening I have listed the player who scored or got an assist every single one of these shows. So, you know, don't bother with your scouting report. Just listen to the pre-match show and yeah, maybe give me some Bunsen burner as well. Um, and we'll have the flagship show as always either um, Sunday night, if we record it early or Monday morning, 7am at the usual time, you can find me at Ips Rich. Joe, where can we find you? At
4: Joe Fairs
2: at Joe Fairs and at ITFC underscore academy. And um, we're going to leave him with the pressure of um, some astute, pithy final word. But you can tell us where we can find you as well, Craig, on Twitter, too. Before you do that, uh,
3: I'm at FIMS75,
2: and um, I'll hand over to you.
3: Keep running towards that adversity. <laughs>
1: about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in a participating restaurant